Next on BYU Sports Nation, the best in the West Coast Conference. BYU's Eric Mika making a case for WCC Player of the Year. Ben Toops associate head coach Tim Lacombe on BYU's defensive performance against Pacific and the injury status of Nicholas Emery. Plus, Jamal Williams already making an impact at the Senior Bowl and the worst movie of the year. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation live in Radio Vision, your day-to-day play-by-play from Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Tuesday, Tuesday. January 24th, wherever and however you're dialed in. It's great to have you with us, as always. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Fanny Pack Appraiser Jerem Jordan. Now uh, I watched Central Central Intelligence, and The Rock displayed a quality fanny pack with a unicorn he loves T-shirt. Unicorns, yeah. You like corns too? It's a funny movie. Uh, Jamal Williams. Uh, <laughs> a picture was taken of him at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. They tweeted it out, and Jamal uh, has a uh, rainbow-colored fanny pack. <laughs> Like, wow. only Jamal Williams could don. I love it. He has so much personality. Like, who else could wear that? And you'd be like, oh, yeah, that looks cool. Yeah. That'd be why. Like, he's the only one. The, the, the tweet read, J Swag Daddy wins for best fanny pack at the Reese's Senior Bowl. Hashtag also the only one. <laughs> I was going to say, who else has one? Come on. Who else is rocking that a fanny pack? That means he brought it. <laughs> there. So NFL scouts are like, they, they, hopefully they love it, right? Yeah. Speaking of Twitter... At D.D. Holdsbrooks tweets this into uh, the show early on Tuesday. Terrific Tuesday to you, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. I'm just trying to be your first BYU Sports Nation tweet today. Well, there you go. Congratulations. You're the first Mission tweet. accomplished. We also want to say uh, congratulations to one of our coworkers here. Her name's Caitlin King. She produces uh, football, men's basketball, and baseball. Uh, as well as BYU Sports Nation at times. She had uh, a baby this yes! morning. Yes! A, li- a little baby girl. Her husband, uh, Spencer King, used to work with us as well. They actually met here at BYU TV. You- there's live audio uh, of the child <laughs> from the hospital. So congratulations to Caitlin and Spencer. I don't know the name yet of the little girl. Sloan King. Sloan King. Yes, okay. Sloan King. Five pounds, 15 ounces, 17 and a half inches. Just a tiny little, yeah, tiny little, little baby. Yep, little baby. But congratulations. Awesome. That's sweet. Little, Adding to the BYU TV sports Little family. do you know, Caitlin King's husband, Spencer King, was our original Snapchat correspondent. He was on the show. On BYU on Sports Nation. Only, yeah, at one point. And then he helped produce the show. Later. We had no idea what Snapchat was when he came on the show. Yeah, and neither did he, I think. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, in all seriousness, awesome. congratulations, uh, a new BYU fan. Yeah! Let's do this, man. Speaking of, our BYU Sports Nation headlines coming at you. Eric Mika is the West Coast Conference Player of the Week. For the third time this season, he averaged a cool 19.5 points, 11 rebounds, shot 52% from the field, which is actually down from his season average, and made all nine of his free throws. Associate head coach Tim Lacombe will join us to talk about Eric's dominance, the health of his team, and much more coming up. He's good at basketball. That's my analysis. Mm-hmm. Yes. Plenty Purcell is the West Coast Conference Women's Basketball Player of the Week after two double-doubles last week, and she almost had a triple-double against Pacific. Come on, yeah, leave her in the game. Two rebounds. <laughs> Come on, you got a triple-double. 
10 point, she averaged 10 points, 10 and a half rebounds, and 7 assists last week. Awesome. She'll join us tomorrow. Optimum Scouting lists Jamal Williams as the top running back prospect in the Senior Bowl for this week. Eric Galco of the Sporting News from Optimum Scouting will join BYU Sports Nation tomorrow. Man, everyone's going to join us. Sounds like awesome. Men's Volleyball stays at number three in the new ABCA Coaches Poll. Cougars uh, host a pair against UC Irvine Friday and Saturday. We'll have Friday's match live on BYU TV. Yeah, unique setup. One of those is a comp- is a federation match, and the other is not. Yeah, Friday's is. That's the one we're bringing you. It's it's a unique setup. 18 league games, uh, but you're going to play a few more. So there are a few matches BYU plays where just one of those matches counts for conference. UC Irvine's one of them. Just don't forget your fanny pack on Friday. I never do. You know that. <laughs> okay. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Best in the West Coast Conference. Mika beats everybody down the floor. Back up and in, and he's fouled. Eric Mika owns the title of WCC Player of the Week for a conference-leading third time this season. His numbers coming off of a two-year mission trip are surprising. I say that not because expectations weren't high, they always are, right? But because he has exceeded expectations not nine months removed from that two-year mission to Italy. Which brings us to our Twitter question today. What has impressed you the most about Eric Mika's play this season? Use the hashtag BYUSN. I know it's not that mustache. At Jelly Belly Kelly. Consistency in every stat, especially as a sophomore off a mission, especially free throws. I, I like his mid-range jumper. I think that has uh, helped him more than anything. Now he's not just limited to his back to the basket. And because he shoots free throws better, he's more confident in the post. Dave Rose has said that. It's fun to watch. Uh, the commentator on Saturday's game for BYU and Pacific compared him to Christian Leitner and a little bit of Tyler Hansbro from North Carolina. He's way more composed in the post. Like physically it looks like Hansbro. But he's more like Leitner in the post in that he Leitner could shoot threes, though. That's a bit of a difference. But I, I like the idea. Leitner was on the Dream Team, by the way, somehow. They had the one college guy. They picked Leitner over Shaq. Let's not forget that. <laughs> that was a huge mistake. At that point, he was a more complete player, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's true. In that moment. But they shut him out of uh, practice quite a bit. <laughs> point is, Eric Mika is oft being discussed as... Maybe the best player in the West Coast Conference. So yeah, not just three-time player of the week. He might be the best of the WCC when all is said and done in 2016-2017. But is he really the best player in the West Coast Conference, Jerem? Yes, he is, and here's why. He's the only future lottery pick in the league right now. There's no one else that's going to be in the lottery. I think Eric Mika stays one more year, and he's a lottery pick. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. He's the second-leading scorer in the league. That doesn't necessarily make you the best player in the league, but it certainly helps. Lamont Murray averages .3 more points than Eric Mika at this point. So Eric Mika's number two. He's number one in rebounding. He's number one in blocks. He's the best player in the league. Lamont Murray will be a draft pick, but not a lottery pick. Won't be a lottery pick, no. And, and Eric is in unique company, not just in the league, but in the country, which okay. brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Eric Mika is one of three players averaging at least, these are his averages, 20.4 points per game and 9.7 rebounds per game. The other two, Alec Peters from Valpo. BYU played Valpo. Alec Peters was really good. And Tim Kempton of Lehigh. There's only three dudes that average what Eric Mika averages at least. 
That's nuts. There's a stark contrast between Eric and those two other guys, Jerem. They didn't go on a two-year mission. No, they didn't. They didn't. Eric's been so good. And remember, we're saying is he the best player in the league? I th- I think that he is. Um, and and the player of the year award is based on your play in conference, by the way. So these numbers for Eric, these are uh, overall. At the end of the season, BYU could have another player of the year. Last year it was Kyle Collinsworth from Brigham. I thought about this a lot this morning. Like, does anybody else really have a case to be the West Coast Conference Player of the Year next to Eric Mika? And when it comes to consistency, I mean, being good in so many categories, like there are great scorers, there are great passers, and guys that can do a couple of things really well. Would you look at Eric Mika? I mean, he scores at a 55% clip from the field. He rebounds well. He's a rim protector. And he averages almost as many assists as a couple of the guards that we just profiled in the West Coast Conference. They're the best guards, right? Yeah. He's averaging almost two assists a game out of the post. That's not easy to do. He has great vision. And the work ethic that he displays with something like free throw shooting, where it just gets exponentially better, right? Because he shot so many, shows you, it tells you a lot about who he is and what he wants to be as a basketball player. Like, if I were a scout and a GM of an NBA team, I would look at something like that and be like, okay, that dude put in some serious work to better something that was not great his freshman year, and he's doing it after two years off from the game. Really impressive. Eric Meek is the best player in the West Coast Conference. He would be a draft pick this year. Yeah, probably like late first, second. And, and you look at the other players in the league, okay? I think Jock Landale can hang with Eric Meek in this, in this discussion. I think that Nigel Williams-Goss is a guy that you have to discuss as well. But because Gonzaga is so balanced and there's so much talent there, he's not going to win player of the year, in my opinion. He's at not this asked point. to do as much as Eric. Yes, he averages 15 and 6 and 5, and those are really good numbers, right? But it's not player of the year kind of numbers. Last year, BYU didn't win the league and had the player of the year. I imagine that it could happen again. St. Mary's, depending on how far out and of uh, you know, the regular season title they are, if, if Gonzaga does win it, Jock Landale could be right there as well. St. Mary's won the regular season title last year, but because they didn't have some kind of crazy good player, they had a lot of good players. They didn't have like a really good player, right? Didn't stick out. Eric Mika is sticking out right now. I think if the season ended today, Eric Mika would win player of the year. We'll see at the end of the season. The lottery pick status for Eric Mika, I think, happens in 2018. Yeah, I think he's got one more year here. He's too good to stay here all four years. In fact, I think it would be foolish. I really do. There's, uh, Austin Collie left early. It was a great move. It was a great move. Eric Mika can make some serious coin <laughs> as a lottery pick if he's a little bit patient. I mean, the, the draft is loaded. We can get into all the, the details of that and later. We will later, yeah. But the draft is loaded this year. It, it benefits him a little bit more in 2018. Plus, I don't, I, there's been so much buildup to the Lone Peak 3 and BYU basketball in this era and the annex and everything. They want to accomplish things. He can't go out like this. We'll get to, into this later, of course. But I think Eric Mika's here one more year, and then he goes from there. But he's the best player in the league right now, man. Awesome. Mika's the best player in the league. At least one tweet coming in who disagrees with us at JLMart7. No, he's just asked to do more than Gonzaga's studs. 
Nigel Williams got this year. Similar to Kyle Collinsworth winning the MVP over Kyle Wiltshire and Sabonis of Gonzaga last year. I still thought Kyle Collinsworth was the best individual player in the league. Triple-double. Just because, and, and this goes against our argument for Mika, right, a little bit, just because Sabonis was a lottery pick or fringe lottery pick, right, doesn't mean he was the best player. Uh, that just means he had the best pro potential, right? Like, was Ziggy Ansah the best player on BYU's teams? He wasn't. He wasn't even the best player on BYU's teams, but he was the best pro prospect because of the physical tools he had. Yeah, the potential, the ceiling, right? Yeah. Look at BYU women's soccer in the West Coast Conference. Michelle Vasconcelos wins Player of the Year because she was fantastic in WCC an play. Wasn't was an All American. You're right. Yeah. That, that was. But Ashley Hatch was drafted second overall, right? Right. Yeah. What a pro team, how pro team values you is different than your worth. In a in, league. In college. Like, I don't think, maybe Jock Landale gets drafted. Those guards, they're not going to play at the next level. You know what I mean? And, and that's okay. They're still very good collegiate you, guards. You tell me Jimmer Fredette, because he didn't make it in the NBA, right. wasn't the most valuable or most impressive or best player at BYU yeah. or in college basketball that year? The nice thing is, BYU is going to get a, another NBA player with Eric Mika in the future. And that's very exciting for the program. What has impressed you the most about Eric Mika's play this season? Let's get a few more tweets in. Tweet, tweet. At Stephanie LG says, Eric Mika's talent has been there, but his confidence seems to have improved. Better team and individual play comes as a result. Yeah, this, this team, the heart of this team, in my opinion, is Eric Mika in the center. The, the ability to go inside and know that most of the time you're going to get a basket or get to the line or have a great pass out of that, that's awesome. Still on the way. Big deal, no deal. Ben Affleck in the worst movie of the year. But first, BYU basketball associate head coach Tim Lacombe in Studio B to discuss Eric Mika's dominance and Nick Emery's status. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Our conversation jumping right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Hey, Men's Hoops is at Santa Clara uh, Thursday night, 11 Eastern time. Bit of a later tip, so uh, get a nap in. On ESPNU and BYU Radio, the Cougars beat Santa Clara by 30 at home, but the sense is that this is a going to be a tighter game coming up Thursday. What has impressed you the most about Eric Mika's play this season for BYU basketball? That is our Twitter question today at 86WI. Coog says... His absolute sheer tenacity, offensive, defensive end, without committing a lot of silly fouls, then drawing a lot of fouls and making free throws. That's a great point I had not thought of. It used to be that there was early foul trouble for Eric Mika, right? We so much we- so that Luke Worthington started the game so he yeah. could get two quick fouls and then they put Eric in. <laughs> oh, Elder Worthington. Gotta love it. He's in Chile, I think, right? Yes. Yeah. Dave Rose's greatest coaching That man. was amazing. So, that was amazing. So funny. And the crowd just laughed. Bronx cheers. It was great. Shout out to at WCC officials. Joining us now in Studio B, BYU basketball associate head coach and rock star still in training, Tim Lacombe. Tim, you gave us one of the <laughs> nominees for BYU Athletics Instagram post of the year yesterday with a throwback to <laughs> you rocking out, I think, in your garage. Is, is this where that was happening? Yeah, that's, uh, that is classic right there. That's... That is the Party Hounds. That's uh, the name of your band? Yeah, circa 1987. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my boys, uh, Kevin McKinney on the far left, James Trawick there on the drums, and uh, myself there in the lifeguard, you know, always trying to do good. 
um, save oh, lives. Picking Wendy Peppercorns of yep, the world. Yeah, that's right. And then Lee Murray there on the base. And uh, so, yeah, we, we actually kind of all reconnected this last week. And so I went through some old pictures and I started to laugh at that one. That was pretty so cool. fantastic. Were you the lead singer? I was, yeah. Wow. Do you yeah. want to sing us something right now? No, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but there is a there is a Party Hounds Facebook page, uh, so you guys can um, do a little research on. Yeah, it. we're going to need to go visit that. Make right sure you away. like you it. And follow. And they, yeah, yeah, it's it? it's per, yeah it's perform live performances. Wow. Uh, and uh, we wrote a song, the classic "I'd Break My Nose for You." It was called. Recorded that in the studio. It was uh, we we were kind of a big deal back then in the day. They're in Plano, Are there multiple Texas. party hounds? Is that this isn't you? Uh, that's not us. Okay, there's yeah. multiple party hounds. Yeah, we were. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna have to look into copyright on those guys. The caption <laughs> on the picture said, "Throwback to some of the funnest days of my life, jamming in the garage with the party hounds." Bon Jovi had nothing on us. Hashtag rock and roll lifestyle. Yeah, we, we actually played in front of twenty thousand people one time. We we what? won a, a citywide battle of the bands, and we played in our. 5A football stadium in Texas and for the 4th of July. And uh, we sang Pretty Woman by Van Halen, dedicated to the Statue of Liberty. It was really neat. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. I, wow. I see that picture, and I just want to watch a bunch of 80s movies. There, there's, a, yeah, yeah, there's, exactly. a, there's a rumor out there that the, the band's going to reconnect and play together this summer in Texas. So there will be more information on Ooh. that. But, Yeah. Wow. Party I'll be there with the boombox over my head. Absolutely. Right. That's right. That'll be perfect. Ray Bands. I'll, I'll wear a wig and everything. <laughs> perfect. Yeah, that's great. You know Dave Rose might be there. He lo- he loves it. Oh yeah. Yeah, da- coach has already said he wants to he wants backstage passes. So. <laughs> that's really funny. Now, if you were controlling music in the locker room, what's your what's your go-to in that moment? I I'm all over the dial, um be honest with you, I, but I I would say my staple is 80s hair metal. That's my yeah. That's what I love. Big hair bands. Yeah, that's not working with these guys on the team right no, now. They no, no, no. That wouldn't get <laughs> nowadays, a yeah. You, know. you you wouldn't get much out of them if you threw a little rat on there. They kind of look at you crazy. <laughs> We've been talking about Eric Mika and his. Uh, we we think he's the best player in the league right now. Uh, what's impressed you the most about his play so far this year? Um, you know, I think the just his consistency, and um, he's just been ultra consistent. And I think that you know, as a freshman, you kind of saw him with some swings, you know, um, and I think that his ability to just basically take over games, um, get fouled, get to the line, make free throws, his activity on the glass was always a strength. But I think one thing that really helped him is the mission really helped his maturity um, and just being on the court and being able to handle adversity and deal with it. He's, he's, he's just come light years that way. So, mm-hmm. Um, he's been, he's so awesome. He's such a great personality. He's so great with the team, but I'm so happy that he's having such a great year. Yeah. He still has an outlet for some of those immature moments via, sure. via Snapchat yeah. and, and Instagram. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's the beauty of social media, right? Yeah. I mean, knuckleheads posting pictures of their band back, you know, everyone does it. Everyone does it. Yeah. Tim Lacombe with us, BYU associate head coach. There is some concern about, the health of this BYU team, specifically Nick Emery, because there was a weird moment in the Pacific game where he, he tweaked his left knee and, and he had to come out and he was rolling at that point. He had eight quick points. What's the status of Nick Emery right now? Um, Nick's, Nick's going to be fine. Everything, you know, is checked out pretty good. And obviously he got um, he got a knee to the quad and then kind of landed funny. But um, he, he's going to be fine. He's 
you know, it was a scary moment for everybody. And, you know, it's not anything that will, you know, really hold him back that much. He's, he's going to have to play through some pain and stuff, but like damage wise or structural, anything there, there's, that's all good. Oh, that's great. No tears, no sprain, just yeah, contusion. Yeah. Just, yeah he's basically yeah. uncomfortable and, mm. and it's, you know, he's a tough kid. So, you know, he, uh, we text this morning, text with him this morning and he's like, you know, I'm, I'm good. So. Oh, that's great news. Yeah. Uh, the Santa. Uh, before we talk about Santa Clara, the defense against Pacific. Um, our stat of the day yesterday was that was just the second time in the six years in the league you guys had held a road WCC opponent under fifty. What was the preparation like uh, going into that game that led to that? Well, I think I think that our our guys. I think we we kind of um, maybe turned a corner a little bit as far as just our total preparation to play a road game and we've been pretty good at home um but when you get out on the road you know with a young team particularly there's there's always distractions there's ways to go about it I think our guys played with a real confident mindset and I think they were really aggressive both on the offensive and the defensive end and um that made a huge difference and um I, you know to a man I think all the guys came out of it feeling really really good um a part of the, as always, the tempo of the game, you know, dictates kind of more of the scoring patterns. And Pacific was kind of set on playing a little bit slower. Um, and so, you know, just because the team scores, you know, you got to take into account pace of play and possessions and things like that. But felt like our guys were really locked in, understood you know, what we wanted to do game plan wise. The one thing we probably didn't do as well as we needed to was, was rebound. They, they got a lot of offensive rebounds and that could really kind of stung us. So it's something we got to get better at. But I thought overall, you know, the, the number of times that we got, you know, a hand on a ball, you know, from Eli cutting, you know, cutting through the paint and getting a hand on the post or, you know, TJ attacking the guy at midcourt when he was looking back at the coach. I just think our aggression level was really, really good. And I think sometimes, you know, as we watch film, we were always kind of sound, but we weren't the aggressor. And I think that that's something that was noticeably different in the game. The last time you played against Santa Clara and you go back to the Levy Center on Thursday, uh, Nick Emery shut down Jared Brownwich so much so that Coach Rose said this is one of the best games that Nick has played at BYU. And it wasn't because he was great offensively, and we've seen him go off a number of times that way, but he held Brownridge to eight points, one of the top scorers in the West. So what do you anticipate from Jared Brownridge and Nick Emery in that matchup this week? Well, I think to, you know Nick did an awesome job, and he played terrific defense. But I think the scheme and the way that we kind of guarded him as a team. You know, everybody was very cognizant of where he was on the floor. We had a real awareness of where he was and how he was getting, you know, he's a, he's a guy that sprints off screens. And so you, you depend on the guy guarding him, but you also depend on the help, you know, the show guy. And then if you show, the weak side's got to slide over and protect the hoop. So as a team, I thought we really guarded him well, and that's what it's going to take. He's a, I mean, he's an unbelievable, you know, scorer. He, he can score it. And he has nights that he just, you know, against anybody he can go do, you know, 30. And so we're, we're again, preparing to, you know, guard him, be aggressive with him, and make sure it's a team effort um, all the way around guarding him. You beat Santa Clara by 30 at home. That's not a reasonable expectation on the road. Um, but what, 
Uh, and given the way you guys have played on the road, Saturday probably was a confidence boost for yet another road game against Santa Clara. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I will say that, you know, Santa Clara, new coach, you know, everybody's they were getting acclimated. Um, that was the first league game. They've gone on now to win five of seven uh, league games, and they're playing really well. Um, they lost at the buzzer to LMU, and then, um, you know, they played the played Gonzaga at their place, and Gonzaga, you know, played like they do pretty well, and, and it right. wasn't much of a game. But other than that, you know, they've had a they've had a great run in the last seven games since we've played them. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's different, but, you know, we want to take the things that worked, and then we also have shown things during that game where maybe we got lucky on a few things where maybe we didn't guard it exactly right, but they missed shots. So we just got to do a really good job of seeing the things we did well, seeing the things we got to improve on, and, and going out there with a real confident mindset. When you prepare for a team at their place, and you know that you've had success there. In fact, BYU hasn't lost to Santa Clara since you joined the West Coast Conference. How do you keep that from bleeding into the minds of your guys that, hey, we, we generally play really well against this team? Well, I think it's, that's a challenge, and I think you know, it can work the other way too. Um, for whatever reason, we've, we've kind of always struggled at San Diego. Um, so you really want to try to take it and, and take all the history out, you know, all the stats, all of, because the bottom line is you're playing this game, and, and none, none of the other games have any factor on what this game's going to be. So um, just prepare them the best we can. Um, obviously, for whatever reason, we've shot the ball really well there most nights, and um, we usually get a pretty good contingent of BYU fans there, so there's a good energy in the gym. Um, and so we just got to, you know, continue to build on – kind of the positive mojo we had last week and I do believe we kind of found some things and and flipped a switch in our guys and we're excited to get back out on the road and try to get another one are you discussing at all what it would take to get to the NCAA tournament maybe as a coaching staff in the bigger picture uh, or is it only Santa Clara this week because I know the aims of the program are get to the right yeah and that and that's that's such a difficult thing because I'm obviously as a competitor that's something you always want to do but this team, what this team right, needs right now, and it's so boring and cliche, but we have to do a good job. It's not even right now it's preparing for Santa Clara, but it's as simple as let's have a really good practice today. We had a great practice yesterday, and the guys are coming off some success last week. So let's manage Tuesday the best we can. Um, obviously, we're in major preparation mode for Santa Clara right now, but I think if you – if you allow your mind to get too distracted and you're looking too far beyond the mark, that's when, you know, crazy things can happen. So honestly, the the best way that we can get that end result is to win the game we're playing. And that's all we can control right now. And so that's really where our mindset is, is control the controllable. Um, we've got an opportunity to go win a game and that's what we're preparing to do. With that in mind, how difficult has it been to travel on the off day to either get home or to? In this case, you're gonna tra- you're gonna travel Friday. Travel to a, a home, home game, game. right? And we've done that. We've done that once this year. Um, so we'll do it again. At least we've done it. I like the idea. <clears throat> for me, it's way better to go play the road game first and then be able to come home and kind of manage that. But what it's done is it's just really kind of made us look at the way we prepare and how important that Friday practice is and what we do on that Friday. I mean, I think sometimes you can 
be too concerned about, well, we played last night, we got to save our legs, um, but then you might get in the wrong pace for Saturday. So it's been a little bit of a trick, and I think it's been, you know, we've tweaked it to the point where I think we're comfortable now with the way we do it. Um, but it, it's something new this year that we haven't had to deal with that, we, that we're managing. And the guys, the bottom line is the guys, we have an unbelievable group of guys that literally we've maybe had two or three practices this year that maybe have been not very good energy-wise. Our guys bring energy, so it's just a matter for us to put them in the best position to succeed. You use the words good energy in the Levy Center specifically, but when you have to travel <clears> on the road, and let's say that there isn't a ton of energy in the building, a la San Diego, what kind of a challenge does that present to a young team? It, it's tough. I mean, the the whole idea of, of you know, these guys want to go out there and perform, um, and when we don't, you know, we, you look for reasons, and reasons end up just being excuses, and so as coaches, what we want to try to do is take all those factors out and just say, you know, we got bottom line is we got to go play. And, and it is a little bit difficult sometimes to go into a gym that's flat and to create your own energy. Um, but I think that one thing that's really helped this year is we actually practice in the annex when we go before we go play in a WCC gym because it's more confined. Um, the walls are closer. And then when we prepare for home games, we practice in the Marriott Center. So that's been kind of a nice thing that we've been able to do that I think's helped. Did you know Johnny Manziel was at the San Diego game? I heard that. Yeah. Oh, um, you know, Andre Miller was there. Andre was there. Um, he's a good friend of mine. And I spent some time with Andre before the game talking to him. But I just saw a picture that Johnny was there. Uh, and the joke is Terry Nashoff's a huge Seahawks guy. And he thinks that the Seahawks should – spend all their money on an offensive line and then go get Manziel to play quarterback. <laughs> uh, so we always... Terry's we always, a smart dude. That's yeah. a dumb idea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. He, he's pretty brilliant. It might just work. Oh, <laughs> no. Terry. I'm a Seahawks fan, too. Yeah, you can talk no. to him about that one. No, Terry. Yeah, we need to have that conversation later with That's Terry. That's a terrible idea. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Tim, always a pleasure to talk to you, man. Hey, thank yeah, you, guys. coming in. Yeah, I appreciate it. We appreciate the throwback picture yep. and, uh, of course, the insight into BYU hoops. No, no problem. The party hounds, bro. Come rock and roll. Summer. Hashtag, <laughs> hashtag rock and roll lifestyle. Let's go. Reunion. Twitter question today. What has impressed you the most about Eric Mika's play this season? Use the hashtag BYUSN. Coming up, your tweets to answer that question. But first, big deal, no deal. The worst movie of the year. The party BYU Sports Nation brought to you in part by Brady Industries. Clean solutions, a tradition for generations. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan broadcasting live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. We're also on demand anytime, anywhere. If you missed our interview with Tim Lacombe, why is he literally a party hound? (laughs) And he gave us an update on Nick Emery's health after that knee injury put him out of the game against Pacific as well as expectations for BYU at Santa Clara. More on that in a moment. Women's Hoops plays uh, against Santa Clara themselves Thursday night, 9 Eastern uh, in Provo on BYU TV and BYU Radio. In fact, on BYU Radio, it's a doubleheader. The women's game, then the men's game starting at 9 Eastern. Kalani Purcell will join us tomorrow, the WCC Player of the Week. BYU women have lost two conference games. One of them was the opener by one point at Santa Clara. 
Well, well, well. So, the vengeance turns, match. How the turns table. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headline, starting with what Tim Lacombe told BYU Sports Nation about Nick Emery, that he took a knee to the quad in the game against Pacific, but there is no structural damage to that knee. Emery texted the staff this morning and said, I'm good, which is fantastic news. Hopefully that means he plays at Santa Clara and can be effective because he was a... a Big influencer defensively on the first matchup with Santa Clara. So that's great news. I, I was hoping it wouldn't be any kind of – I didn't think it was a tear. Uh, I thought maybe a sprain or something. So knee to the quad is really painful. Uh, yeah, he's sore for sure. Yeah. So that's – hey, that's, that's about as good a news as you could have hoped for out of that situation. That's great. Eric Meek is the West Coast Conference Player of the Week for the third time this season. Meek averaged 19.5 points per game, 11 boards, shot 52% from the field, made all nine of his free throws. Kalani Purcell helping BYU sweep the WCC Player of the Week awards in hoops after two double-doubles and that near-triple-double against Pacific. She averaged 10 points, 10.5 rebounds, and seven assists last week. That's Deese. An optimum, optimum scouting list, Jamal Williams, as the top running back prospect in the Senior Bowl for this week. Eric Galco of Optimum Scouting will join BYU Sports Nation tomorrow to talk about the Senior Bowl. Uh, Harvey Longy is there as well. Coming up in the next segment, they had uh, they, their heights and weights and uh, measurements and everything. We'll tell you those uh, coming up. Is Jamal Williams as heavy as he was at the start of fall camp? <laughs> it's, it is like a livestock show. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, but that's how it is. Bring out the beef! Can you imagine in another uh, profession, they're like, uh, we're going to have you strip down your underwear, we're going to weigh you. You're broadcasting. Uh, what? <laughs> Why? <laughs> I had a big breakfast. Modern day gladiators, in a lot of ways, right? Well, mo- the gladiators, the show? I'm it's just gra- saying like football players team. are modern day gladiators, in a like, lot of ways. Like Nitro and... Oh, American Gladiators? American Gladiators. <laughs> I love those. Nitro Circus Saber. Gladiators? Saber. Yeah. Uh, time we play Big Deal, No Deal now. Big Deal, No Deal. Brought to you by Brady Industries, a provider of commercial cleaning supplies and equipment throughout the western United States for over 65 years. Brady Industries, clean solutions, a tradition for generations. Number one. Big deal, no deal. No structural damage to Nick Emery's knee. How is it not a big deal? This is a big deal. Nick Emery is a huge piece of BYU's team, the returning leading scorer, the number one perimeter defender, a guy who shut down Jared Brownridge, uh, in part thanks to the great team defense, but a lot of individual effort win there. This is a huge deal. Can I just go ahead and uh, hop on board for all of that? <laughs> Say amen. A- amen, brother. It is a big deal. I was really concerned. Who's yeah. going to guard Jared Brownridge at Santa Clara on Thursday? We didn't know whether he was hurt or not until that moment with Tim Lacombe. So that, that's, that's awesome. Fantastic news. Absolutely a big deal that BYU, one of BYU's experienced players is okay and yeah. is going to be able to go. Number two. Big deal, no deal. Eric Mika garnering a lead, league-leading third WCC Player of the Week award. Nice use of the word garner, Ben. Uh, here's how the Player of the Week award works. There's an office with the West Coast Conference. There are people in that office. They vote, and they decide who wins it. So I go, no deal. This isn't the coaches. This isn't the media. This aren't the fans, right? That's okay. They, they pick it. Did, does Eric Mika deserve this award? Yes. Is it a big deal that he's won it three times per se? No. It's not a big deal? No. Okay. It's the Player of the Week award. Like, we, 
Does he get like a little get like a what does he get? Does he even get a paper? I don't know. Like like with the little printer, nineties printer on the side. Like is a little piece of paper? Is like, any award a big deal in your mind? Yeah, there are lots of big player of the week. This is this is only slightly better than the independent player of the week. See, generally, I would say you're right. It's not a big deal to win player of the week, but the fact that he's done it more than any other player in the West Coast Conference tells me that he's the best player in the league. And so it is that, a big deal. That tells you he's the best player. You got to look at more than him winning the player of the week. It's a few people in an office saying, hey, you did a pretty good job. But we just said he's the best player in the league. He's trending that way, but which is why he's winning it three times. I know. I did not use that in my argument at all because I, <laughs> it doesn't matter. At the end of the year, they're not like, let's see, who tallied the, who garnered the most player of the weeks? It was Eric Mika. You are the player of the year. It certainly factors into it. If you're consistently the player of the week, there's a good chance you're the player of the year. Yes, but it's not the factor. I didn't say it was the factor. Yeah. I just said it's an important factor. It's cute. <laughs> it's not necessary. It's just cute. Oh my god! Like, what does Eric Mika even get for winning this? Oh. What does he get? Respect. Respect, Jeremy. Three cred. <laughs> Number three. Big deal, no deal. Jamal Williams listed as a top running back prospect at the Senior Bowl, according to Optimum Scouting. I haven't looked at what other running backs are in this Senior Bowl to really gauge this, but anything. Anytime you can be the top something at the most prestigious something, I think that's important. This is a big deal. Jamal Williams is going to be drafted. Before the season, I don't think he was on a lot of boards, and now he's the top running back prospect at the Senior Bowl. I think this is fantastic. Yeah, how about that? Unknown, comes into the Arizona game, all of a sudden jumps up on the radar after one game, and then keeps that consistent level of playing really high all season, Puts up ridiculous numbers despite having to sit out a number of games. Yeah. And now he's at the Senior Bowl. And he's a third-round draft grade? From Mel Kuyper, who's the, kind of the guy, right? How about this? It's this been, is a big deal every, every way you look at it. It's been 16 years since BYU had a draft pick. Not a compensatory pick, Harvey Younga. But Luke Staley was picked in the seventh round of the Lions. 16 years. It's a big deal. When was the last time BYU had a running back drafted in the first four rounds? I, I, we we got to go back and look at that, right? That's, Great. I have something take to do a, during the break. <laughs> I wanted some, to relax. Some, something to do during the break. We'll take a look at that. Oh, but, yeah, yeah like Luke, Luke Staley was drafted in the seventh round, but who who had a third or fourth round draft grade as a running back out of BYU? Mm. Really big deal. Number four. Big deal, no deal. Jamal part two. That fanny pack, though. Oh, absolutely. This is a big deal. He has so much personality. We'll, we'll tell you some of the measurements, height, weight, and whatnot. The, the, the swagoo is off the charts for Jamal. He's fantastic. He has a big personality. He's fun. This is something teams like. He's a trendsetter, okay? He's not afraid to do things that people are going to be like, whoa, why are you wearing that? First, it was the pink, right? It was yeah, all that yeah. pink and the, neat, like the super highlighter neon pink. <laughs> and people were like, yeah, it's cool because Jamal Williams is doing it, right? And now it's... Fanny packs, and it was Santa hats at one point. This doesn't like, mean I'm going to wear a fanny pack anytime just, soon, though. I want to make that clear. But it's okay, right? <laughs> Not many people can just like decide to do crazy off-the-wall things, like especially with what they wear, and then people immediately are like, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. He's fun. That's cool. Yes, it's a big deal because not many people can pull that off. Number five. Can you imagine us in fanny packs? No. <laughs> Please, no. 
<laughs> Big deal, no deal. Batman versus Superman nominated for the worst picture, and both Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill as worst actors in this, this year's Razzie Awards. I'm going to stand up for this. Yes. All right, Wolf Blitzer. Woo! Yeah. All right. Still haven't seen the movie. All right. Seen it? All right. It's not. Listen. It wasn't very good. That doesn't mean it's the worst one. The worst one? Tell like, me, tell me a worst movie you saw in the past calendar year. In the past calendar year, I don't know. I don't know. The, listen, Batman Superman was like the the Portland of movies. Okay. Wow, that's, the bu- you're going up to your hometown. Somewhere in no the Portland Pilots men's oh, basketball oh, team. Okay, okay, the, okay. <laughs> we want to go city. The Albuquerque. <laughs> don't yeah. do that. Don't I'll do that. Laramie, I, come I, on, man. No, Laramie's the Laramie's the worst. I'm saying it's not the worst. Like it's not. It's like sixth in the ten. It wasn't. It wasn't the tenth out of ten. Come on. This is a big deal because for as much publicity, no deal. As much publicity as this movie got, I mean. We have, it, we have trail mix up here. I'm for it dad. not to deliver, that's a big deal. Can I, this is your trail mix. Can that's I right. Yeah, sure. I had They're a of chocolate cake after the game the other day. He's hungry. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Chad. <laughs> this is a big deal. It's a bust. So much wasted money and time and publicity. Oh, Not wasted yeah. trail mix, though. At least Ben's got some other good things going for him, right? Yeah. As is Henry Cavill. All right. Uh, brought I to you by Brady... Brady Industries Clean Solutions, a tradition for generations. That was a fun big deal, no deal, man. Was it? I think it was. <laughs> that was that's my opinion, and I'm sharing my opinion. Eat your trail mix. Yeah, look that- up that stat. When was the last time BYU had a running back draft in the first four rounds? Stop pointing at me and yelling in command form. <laughs> <laughs> up next, we look at measurements from Harvey Long and Jamal Williams at the Senior Bowl. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day play-by-play for BYU Sports. Watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. Hey, football signing day is coming up. Sorry, I'm still eating the trimmer. <laughs> Next Wednesday, February 1st, we'll be live at noon. We'll have a show at 6 Eastern as well, a new show where we'll talk to Kalani Sitake, Ty Demmer, Elias Tuiaki. It's going to be awesome. By the way, we mentioned when was the last time BYU had a running back drafted on day one or two, first four rounds. There's been one all time. Pete Van Valkenburg, what, 73 draft? That's it. In BYU. Lavelle's first year, he had the nation's leading rusher, and he was drafted in the third round in 1973. And I was off. Luke Staley was 0-2, by the way. But Fui Vakapuna was drafted in the 0-9 draft in the uh, seventh round. So BYU's had a running back since then. But Jamal Williams could be the highest or second highest running back drafted in BYU history. Only Pretty one. Crazy. Only one in the first three rounds. And right now, Mel Kuyper gives Jamal Williams a third-round draft grade. I'll take a day-two draft pick, man. That's, that's rounds two or three. That's, this is unique. It's awesome to you know, watch this all develop. You know what, you know what else is unique? Uh, fanny packs. Uh, Nicole Williams, Jamal's mother, mm-hmm. at UCLA grad 90, big uh, friend of the show. She said, I'm going to make sure both of you get fanny packs, LOL. <laughs> Rainbow ones too? Yeah, do we get one like Jamal? Where do you where do you even get something like that? Do you have to custom order that? That's pretty crazy. Yeah, I, listen, if I'll wear one on the show. If if Nicole gives us one or two, I guess. You would wear it on the show? Yeah. Would you wear it around for an entire day? Would I wear it for an entire day? I can see Jeremy. You can do like, a Facebook live. I can see Jeremy like Nickel Cade hey, with his fanny pack on. I went to Nickel Cade <laughs> Friday night. 
With some friends. Of course you did. We dominated. Of course you did. With your fanny pack on. I, I also stayed up till 3 a.m. playing NBA Jam with a friend. I'm not. It was so awesome. Anyways, oh, Nicole, so many. You have spurned yeah, so many yeah. ideas. Hey, Facebook Live, me walking around the Fan- Cougar Eat at Fantastic. lunch with, with the Jamal Williams fanny pack. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Sounds good to me. The thing is, it wouldn't be that, that, that much out of the ordinary for you. <laughs> that would. I do some, you're right. I do some weird things. Football signing day, noon and 6 Eastern next Wednesday. How is signing day next Wednesday? Because it's January 24th. We're one week from tomorrow? Tomorrow's the day after today. That is correct. The day after tomorrow is a really bad movie. just want to throw that out. Oh, my Speaking goodness. of bad movies, that was worse than Batman vs. Superman. You think so? The day after tomorrow? Oh, yeah. Worse than Batman Superman. Oh, 1,000%. I trust that dude. <laughs> Thank you, Taysom. <laughs> Our Twitter cover today. What has impressed you the most about Eric Mika's play this season? <laughs> At BYU LASF Jazz, he always looks like NBA material when he turns around and fades from 10 to 15 feet. He's got, oh, that, yeah, he's yeah. got that Hakeem dream shake going every once in a while. I like it. He's got the little, the little shimmy shake and then turn around, shoot it off the glass. It's pretty to watch. Um, okay, let's go back to the fanny pack situation. More importantly, the, the man who is wearing the fanny pack and his measurements at the Senior Bowl. Jamal comes in officially at six feet even, 211 pounds. I believe he was listed at 6'1", 215. So that's always fun. It's like someone asks you, "How much? Do you, what's your height and weight? And you're like, uh, one inch taller than I actually am and five or ten pounds more than I actually am. So Jamal's six foot, 211. Okay. Harvey Long, he's 6'1 and a half, 252. Jamal's got a he's six a foot dude. wingspan. Okay. Listen to Harvey Longy's measurements six feet, one and a half inches, 252 pounds. And he's got a wingspan of four inches larger than Jamal. So he's six feet, four inches with the wingspan. Well, yeah, he needs to, he needs to uh, fly, if you will, with those arms more than Jamal does. Jamal's got to become compact with the ball, whereas Harvey's got to tackle foes. Now, if Harvey can show some speed with that size, yeah, I want to know forty times. Yeah, wow. By the by, the way, invite to uh, the Indianapolis NFL Combine. Both have invites to Indy, which is great. If you if you don't get invited there, it's it's hard to be drafted. Like some guys are, but most of the draft picks come from the group that goes to Indy. So that's great. We should put out our measurements prior to prior to being hired as show hosts. No, that's confidential information. <laughs> uh, this is a private university. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But what, my height? My hair length? Fanny packs for the win. Yeah. Coming up, an update on the men's golf match currently underway and the rest of the Cougar Whip Around. This is BYU Sports Nation. Whoops! BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. You want some more trail mix? Yeah. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. Eric Mika is the West Coast Conference Player of the Week for the third time this season. Apparently, that's a big deal. Mika averaged 19.5 points per game, 11 rebounds, shot 52% from the field, and made all nine of its free. Well, it led our headlines, so apparently it's some sort of a deal, right? This next thing should have. Tim Lacombe told BYU Sports Nation that Nick Emery took a knee to the quad in the game against Pacific, but there is no structural damage to said knee. Great news. Lacombe said Emery is sore, but expected to play Thursday at Santa Clara. 
Women's Basketball. Kalani Pizzell's West Coast Conference Women's Basketball Player of the Week after two double-doubles last week and almost a triple-double against Pacific. She averaged 10 points, 10.5 rebounds, and 7 assists last week. Football. Optimum Scouting lists Jamal Williams as the top running back prospect in the Senior Bowl for this week. Eric Galco from Optimum Scouting and the Sporting News will join BYU Sports Nation tomorrow. According to SB Nation, BYU had five of the top 100 games in college football this year. Wow. There is somewhere around 1,600 games for all of FBS. So that's pretty good. Those games were Boise State, Arizona, Mississippi State, Utah, and Toledo. Toledo was fantastic. That was a fantastic game. So much so that Mac Brown had to leave early. (laughs) Men's volleyball stays at number three in the new AVCA coaches poll. The Cougars host a pair against UC Irvine Friday on BYU TV. There's a game on Saturday as well. Big week. Golf. Cougars are currently fourth at the Arizona Collegiate Intercollegiate in Tucson after two rounds, shooting 27 over par. Senior Patrick Fishburns tied for fifth at three over through two rounds. Swimming and diving. BYU has finalized design plans for a new pool in the Richards Building. It's been a long time coming. The design includes almost 50% more water. Construction starts in late March. Does that mean it was smell 50% more like chlorine in the hallways of the Richards Building? I have that no idea. <laughs> I, I was like walking by them and being like, whoa! <laughs> it is clean in there! <laughs> I'd rather it smell like that than not, right? I want clean water. You need some clean water. St. Flint, Michigan, let's go, man. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Our future guests Who include... in Flint? <laughs> they have a swim team in Flint? As we mentioned, Eric Galco from the Senior Bowl, Kalani Purcell, Coach Steve Cleveland, and Peyton Sorensen from BYU Swim and Dive. That dude's, that dude's the Usain Bolt of BYU Swimming. Like, he's fast. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Jerem? Jamal Williams, uh, not only for his uh, just awesome season, you know, mainly for his fanny pack and an excuse to show it one more time on BYU TV. <laughs> Where's the unicorn t-shirt though, right? That's next level. Like, you can't just copy the rock. That's true. Right? From, no, Jamal said he's, he's blazing his own trail, right? Absolutely. Jamal. Jamal. <laughs> Jamal blazed his own trails this year, Spencer. <laughs> We're looking for the next Jamal. Oh. Our elite tweet of the day answering what has impressed you most about Eric Mika's play this season. At J underscore Royal 09 says his jump shot and free throw shooting. There, Jerem Jordan, more detail. Hashtag not as lazy today. That a baby! Way to bring it. Thanks to Tim McComb and everyone on our crew. Conversations on Twitter. Use hashtag BYUSN. Download the show. Audio podcast on iTunes and the TuneIn app. For Jerem, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Jared Peterson. Trail mix. Hey, pass it. Okay. okay.